Has the Utah football program become a top 10 one in college football? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. It's the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment matter more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. My name is JT, which is a former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Would love to interact with you guys in our YouTube comments on the social media feed at Locked On Utes, or you can hit me up at JT Wistersill. On today's show, we're talking about Utah football. Are they a top 10 team? Also dive into some of the in-state talent the Utes have been able to add and just talking the state of football in Utah, how it has really developed over the past few seasons. And in order to help me do that, it's a friend, one of my personal friends, someone who's a mentor to me in Tony Park. So Tony is an AP was an AP top 25 voter, a radio host on the zone sports network. Tony really appreciate you joining me for this one. And I think when you're talking big picture of is Utah football a top 10 program, I think a lot of people might scoff and be like, I'm not so sure about that. But when you really dive into the numbers, if you look at the past three Real college football seasons. I'm yes. excluding the COVID season. When you're talking about one of the things that makes Utah a top 10 program to me when you look at the last three seasons is how dominant they've been at home. That was stripped away from them during COVID because they weren't able to have fans. You had the injury to Cam Rising in game one. Just a really weird season. So outside of that, when you look at Utah football's last three seasons, they're 31-10 and 10 overall those are marks only matched by georgia alabama michigan ohio state the true class of it they're of course back-to-back pac-12 champions the only back-to-back power five champions are a program you know very well in michigan wolverines coming off their most recent back-to-back success and then when you look at college football playoff appearance in the rankings overall all time utah is 41 that ranks seventh so i do feel like based on what they've done they have developed themselves into a top 10 college football program when you look at the last few seasons of success Oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt. They're right on that border at very mm-hmm. least, right? Like, it's not laughable to consider yeah. this a top 10 program. Now, when you say top 10 program, people would immediately think you're claiming they're going to be top 10 every single year for yes. the rest of eternity. And that's not what you're saying. What you're saying is the way that they are operating right now is one of the 10 best programs in college football. And I think this past season, there's there's a couple seasons to look at where I think this really plays out. First of all, let's talk about that COVID year real quick. The way it started out, uh, I remember I was I was doing public address announcing for that game against USC in an empty stadium, and they get soundly beaten by a team in USC that was better than they were. I mean, they were starting over in a number of different areas. There were all kinds of bizarre unknowns going into that whole thing. And if you look at the way they played then, and then methodically as they played the rest of the season, they didn't just get better. They got monumentally better. And, and we all know uh, the heartbreak of Ty Jordan at the end of that season. But I remember thinking, this is actually some tremendous work by a coaching staff to Mm -hmm. develop leaders. You could see Devin Lloyd taking another big step. Clark Phillips started to really kind of jump out. You know, like you you started to see this Mm -hmm. like budding ability of a number of players. The O-line got a lot better. You know, even quarterback play was less... um, uh, dangerous, if you will, in yeah. terms of some of the, the big mistakes that were being made. What happens with Utah football is wherever they are to start, and sometimes they haven't started well, like, say, uh, the 2021 season. Last two seasons. 
they get incredibly better as it goes mm -hmm. along. And so the mistake that gets made a lot of times in college football is the team starts off and then everybody goes, well, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. That's what they are. Mm -hmm. And with Utah, it's never been the case. And so when you look at top 10, I think this past season was as great a job as Kyle Whittingham's ever done when you talk about the reflection of a program. Uh, the way they started, we know, wasn't the way that they wanted to. And then the way they finished was amazing. But all in the middle of that, key injuries, even to players that were still playing, by the way, uh, vital losses to the roster the year before that they did not replace. They did not replace a game-changing linebacker with a game-changing linebacker. They, they did not have that. So they had to find different ways to win. You had a running back situation. I don't know exactly how else to describe that. Yeah. But then you had a guy who was supposed to be a quarterback jump in at running back, and man, did he look good. And Quinton Ganther did a, a great job of that. And at the end of the season, you went into a Pac-12 championship game, and we all know the lucky breaks they got. And by the way, that yeah. happens in the sport sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and that was out of their control. What was in their control was on a huge stage, with USC having more to play for, by the way, mm -hmm. in terms of playing for a playoff spot, you didn't just beat them. You got behind and then soundly took over the game and made them tap out. You just brutally manhandled them the rest of the way. Like that doesn't just happen, people. Like, like it doesn't just happen. So when you say, yeah, this is a top 10 program, they're right at about 10 as a program and the way they function and this was a year they never should have won the conference nope. because they took a step back. They had the injuries. They had the weird scenarios. And the rest of the conference, especially at the top, they were not as bad as they were. They took a huge mm -hmm. step forward in the middle and the top. This should never have been a season where they went to the Rose Bowl. It was disappointing they couldn't win it. But they never should have been there if you look at the formula and mm -hmm. it takes great culture within a program, coaching, leadership, all that stuff we talk about that avoids a season like that from becoming this eight and four. Oh, well, you can't always do it every year. So yeah, I put them top 10. The big thing that people want to know is, okay, well, how do they take this next step? How do they, you know, JT, and you've been around the country and, and been around a number of different conferences. This next step is brutally tough, man. It's a whole nother animal. So uh, I, I think big tip of that to Kyle Winningham, what he's done with that program and, and uh, I think they are of that top 10 caliber you speak of. And that is the biggest reason, Kyle Whittingham, right? When you talk about the culture and everything he's been able to do, just guiding this team through the transition from the Mountain West coming into the Pac-12, it's been a masterful job. To me, he is the reason this team is in this position for the culture, the level they've recruited yeah. at. And in terms of level of recruiting, too, I don't mean recruiting classes. I mean take looking at guys where it's like he's got a lot of potential. He's got high character. We want to bring him into our program. It's why they've been able to add these guys and really transform. Guys like Devin Lloyd, Brant Keithy, they were not sought out by these ton high class Alabamas of the world. No, Utah is able to find the diamonds in the rough, bring them in and yes. really transform and recruit them. And it's been amazing to watch what Kyle Whittingham has done and the way he's led this program. He's truly one of the best coaches in college football. Well, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, JT and, and look, the, the other part that people really forget is Devin Lloyd to me was the first indication that this program was not just, you know, a really good Pac-12 program, but it was starting to become very elite in their conference. If you remember right, it was Manny Bowen, who was a transfer, I think, from Penn State, 
who then quits football during fall camp and everybody's going, well, what do they really have at linebacker? So they got this Devin Lloyd guy that steps in there. Nobody's ever heard of him. Nobody really knows much about him. You can't really give a prediction on what you think he's going to do because it's so unknown. Well, he just goes out there and he was all conference that year. And I'm thinking, wait, you brought in a guy that was supposed to be a pretty solid game-changing linebacker. And all of a sudden he quits football. This next dude jumps in and becomes all conference. Now, everybody likes to do this whole like next man up mentality. Well, you can say it all you want. Of course, nobody's going to play with 10 players. So the big thing now becomes, is the guy ready to go out and produce and perform based on the system, the culture, and what you have in place? Utah has proven more than any Pac-12 program, without any of a doubt, the last handful of years with consistency, that their program doesn't just have players that can just jump in. They're ready to mentally consume the game, process the game, and be prepared to go out and be successful. I thought another indication this past year, real quickly, was the Washington State game on the road. This will be one of the most forgotten wins in Kyle Whittingham history. But your starting quarterback, you know, what, 30 minutes before the game goes, by the way, I can't go. Yeah. Now, people do not understand the emotional safety for a leader to go to a head coach at this level of competition mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to be emotionally trusting and honest to let you know I can't play. This was actually great leadership from Rising. Yes. But this was a program that opens the door to say, if you're not going to give us the best chance to win, you can be honest with us. The warrior mentality is, well, if they don't believe they should be out there, they shouldn't be the starting quarterback in the first place. And to go push the envelope and and, and to go show that you're a leader and then hurt your team by a poor performance. Yep. Instead, Rising does that. Barnes steps in. They win a game. They didn't even need to play perfect. But if Rising plays, maybe he has a poor game and they lose. Like it, it's, it's those things right there mm-hmm. that are indications of, of such a well-rounded program. Um, so to say, oh, they're winning, anybody can look at a winning team and be like, wow, they're a great program. You have to look under the hood. And what Utah has under the hood is different than any Pac-12 program, even if they don't have some five or four-star guys that maybe some other programs do. And, and that's what I think has made the Kyle Whittingham era special because he, as much as any coach in any college football history, in my opinion, has been able to adapt and show his agility through social media era, post-Urban Meyer era, moving into the Pac-12, right? Needing Pac-12 depth, then moving into a different situation where you're trying to acclimate and get to championship level. Uh, Sadly, death of a couple of his players, right? COVID era. Like, look at all the chapters and all the immediate changes. He's not this guy that's like, we're going to do it this one way no matter what. No, He's been able to adapt and adjust at any time for a variety of different things. I, I think it's I think it's phenomenal what he's done there at Utah. It absolutely is. And one of the things that is the potential to make this program special going forward, as you mentioned in the past, they haven't gotten those high recruits. Well, coming off their best recruiting class, and a big reason for that is the in-state talent that they possess. We're going to break down a couple of those guys in a moment as Tony does a lot of sideline work covering high school football in the state of the Utah. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. That's right. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many Many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. 
when you place just your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is all your favorite bets from the money line to the point spread to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at big payouts with the same game parlay. You guys know the NFL, AFC, and NFC Championship games are coming up this week, so it's a great place to get in on the action at FanDuel. It's a safe app that's secure and super easy to use, or you can just head over to their website. So once again, football fans, don't miss out. Place your first ever $5 bet and get $150 free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook and partner of the NFL. Tony, looking at this Utah football team, we mentioned, you know, they had such, it was amazing run they made to get to the Pac-12 championship game and then win it. And because they did that, they saw a unbelievable bump in recruiting. And one of the big things was they started to get a lot of the state's best players. Spencer mm-hmm. Fano coming in, Hunter Clegg flipping over, Smith Snowden committing. I mean, these oh. are true ballers. And these are guys that we've seen on the high school stage really stand out and do their thing. I know personally, I can't wait for these guys because I think if Utah is going to win future PAC 12 championships or just be involved in whatever the future of the sport looks like in even three years, which I always see anything could seems like it's up in the air right now without crazy med changes. Everything is these three players are going to be really involved in it, especially a guy like Clay going on his mission. So I'll have to wait for him, but Smith Snowden, he's not going to be the Clark Phillips replacement right away, but he's a guy who can come in and do some nice things on the outside and Spencer Fano, I mean, in a year where Braden Daniels left, a guy who started all over the offensive line, I feel like Spencer Fano is a guy who can do the exact same thing. So this is a really exciting group of in-state talent the Utes are bringing in. Yeah, and for any player, you know, Utah can say, you want to get the most out of what you are, we can find a way to make that happen. You know, like you had a quarterback in Jackson who steps in and then they say, okay, fine, we can have you be a running back and we'll teach you how to run people over. We'll teach you how to, you know, all all the basic fundamentals, but then how to maximize what you are as a player. And if you're just a guy that wants to play football and wants to win, Utah is your place, right? And so I think in-state, it's an enormous thing and it's an enormous feather in their cap. The success on the field is one thing, but I think these players are starting to see, okay, there's a real channel to my ultimate dreams. And when the team dreams and the individual dreams are congruent and you know you have a trusted process and system in place that can help those things hit the ground where you want, help you polish off what other weaknesses you may have, that is what a player ultimately wants. It's a proven system that that definitely goes their way. So it's one thing to say, hey, we're right in your backyard and your parents can come watch you play. Mm -hmm. No. Can you take me where I ultimately want to go? And Utah doesn't have to sell it to somebody. They can just say, yeah, we, we, we've shown it before and we can show it again. So I love the Snowden pickup and I thought that's a great fit for him. You're right. Even if it doesn't happen right away, you know, that's, that's a situation where he can get on the field at some point, eventually in the near future. I mean, Fano is a great get there. There's just a lot happening there. And I do think that it's important to point out that some of this happened with a very important pickup for the BYU program. And I just say this because you're going to have a lot of great battles with two power five programs. Now, mm-hmm. clearly I think Utah is at, at another level as an overall program right now, but you're, you're going to have those battles where you're it's, it's going to be a, a, a quite a fight. And Utah has, has soundly been able to pick up some of those that I think they should feel very good about right here in their backyard. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned BYU too. They get a guy in CLA, Sarah, as well as a couple of other yeah. players. The states that are absolute beasts too. So it is just kind of fun to watch them go back and forth and try to see who can come out on top with these guys overall. And we're hitting that something large too, Tony, that you and I even spoke about a little bit before the show is just the talent in this state 
there's a lot. And I think if you got a chance, if you can really hit on it, especially on the football field, then you can really help take your program to that next level and do a lot of things because yeah. it's so hard to bring other players in. I feel like that it's really, and look, this Utah team has been able to do it, but when you got the high, when you got the high four stars in your own state, Lander Barton from last year, for example, when you can get these guys to come in and stay, that is absolutely huge because you know how well teams in, in the SEC or down in Texas are going to recruit the guys who are coming out of their own state. So you've got to keep the cream of the crop going to your schools. And that's what Utah has been able to do these, these past couple of years. Uh, you're you're 100% right. And the local in-state talent coaching has been a huge part of that. The high school coaching has been great by the college coaching being so great. I mean, we know the history with Urban Meyer coming in, but the, the branches that took off from there and the local in-state coaches who have benefited from being a part of the history involved with that. I, I, I still take it back to when Alema Harrington and I would talk about the local in-state kids, and we just felt like they were overlooked. Um, not because we were around them. It was like, no, I, I don't think we're being homers here. We're, we're, we're yeah. seeing this up close and we're seeing really great talent and, you know, a small uptick in coaching combined with maybe a little more exposure. And that has helped now that more kids are, are having a chance to be seen out there on the field really felt like that a lot of this was untapped. I still think yeah. one of the greatest benefits to happen I mean, you had your power five level kids, you had your FBS non P5, right? You, you had all those things and it was obvious. I could not believe how overlooked a lot of FCS talent was right here in this state. And I think Jay Hill going to Weber state, I thought, you know what, he's going to start identifying some FCS kids that would normally be overlooked. And so he was huge in that way. I mean, it's, it's great to see this happen. So now you taught a benefit from that. I mean, having it all come full circle, I it, mean, it's truly special. And, I, and I've you know, I've been a fan of Big Ten football. And usually, okay, when Ohio State's rolling, everyone else is playing for second. And then Michigan will be up and down. But when Ohio State's at their optimal level and they're coached at an optimal level, they kind of wait their turn. And then when Michigan's coached at an optimal level, a number of other programs wait their turn, right? And you kind of have this mm -hmm. understanding of who is what. What Utah has actually done in this methodical growth with the whole thing you're talking about is, is so much more rare than people know. I know you, you know, you're a kid that grew up in big 10 country too. And well, you're right there with Wisconsin, like Wisconsin is, is Wisconsin. That's what they are. They wait their turn for the deck to all shuffle their way where these guys are down and then they get their chance. And that might only happen once a quarter century, maybe otherwise it's seven to five, eight and four beat Minnesota hey, let, let's try to get by Michigan. And that's it's kind of what it is. And there's a lot of programs in the Pac-12 in their history that have had that. So for Utah to do it with the way they've done it and with the homegrown stuff, it's just, it, it's special. And it's great to see. And so now looking forward at what's happening, I love also when they expanded the playoffs, there's a number of programs that I think we're going to benefit. And so now Utah, who's been to back-to-back -back New Year's Six games, and I know the Rose Bowls, now they're going to go to playoff games uh -huh. where these are elimination games where going up against a coach who doesn't have players sitting out with guys with a chip on their shoulder who have major money on the line with the draft possibly coming up who may feel that they were overlooked in a conference like Kyle's teams thrive on that stuff. I don't know if they're going to bring a natty to Salt Lake City, but I'll tell you what, they're a team that when the playoffs come around, if they stay in this top 10 caliber, they're always right there for a postseason, whether it's an at-large or winning the conference. So it, it's just, it's fun because now we get to see these programs in an elimination situation, not a consolation game. And I think that changes the complexion of everything.
Absolutely. And you talked about earlier how hard it is as a program to take that next step. That's oh. what's really nice for Utah is that the goalposts are moving. So all they have to do to make their first ever college football playoff appearance is just do exactly what they've done <laughs> already over these past couple of seasons once that yeah. change takes effect. So it is something that works really well in the Utes' favor. And Tony, it does speak to a bigger thing too with the way the transfers, NIL is affecting it, the changes to the college football playoff world. How? What do you think of the state college football is heading in right now? Well, I think it's, I mean, I'm not the old curmudgeon who's like, this is ruining the game. No, it's changing the game. Yeah. And the game has always been stacked into the favor of those who, you know, have things towards their benefit. And I think that's going to continue to be that way. I mean, it's, you're going to have a massive gap between championship level, you know, programs. And then there's a big gap between the next group and Utah's kind of in that next group. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to break into that uh, as a Michigan fan, if you will, uh, you know, they won the national championship split it, if you will, in 97. And then to get back to championship caliber, it was like, Oh, six kind of. And then the last two years, and here they have the situation against TCU and they squander it. And everybody's like, ah, oh, we're going to be back. We're going to be back. Well, if Ohio state gets the train on the tracks, and they're not a poorly coached team. They're just not coached at their optimal level. Guess yep. what? Backseat for you. That's how it's going to go. So then you got to go into the playoffs and then hope you can fight your way through four rounds, depending on how all that goes. So, it, yeah, w- where it's going to go is those top level programs are certainly going to have incredible benefit. The next group is going to have a bigger benefit. What's going to happen now is non-power fives, the gap between the power five and non-power five as a whole. For the most part, you're you're going to see that gap widen to Grand Canyon level, in my opinion. You just you just really are. The financial disparity between SEC Big Ten, if you will, and everyone else, I, I think you're going to start to see that expand to uh, a pretty sizable gap as well. And when people say, oh, this is so bad and this is so awful. Well, no, I mean, kids get their chance to go get paid and it changes the business. Um, and for the individual, they get their chance to make their decisions. That's what we want them to do. So I'm not going to be the guy that's like, it's ruining the game. College football used to sit there and play nothing but bowl games. And then we would fight over who the champion was and say, well, why don't we have him play? Exactly. Nah, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's a true national champion. Really? Really? You have to go perfect. Oh, and all conferences are created equal? Like, what? Like, yeah. like so we're actually. I think I don't think we're moving a horrible place. No. Uh, the college is promising kids things and lying about it. That's their own individual problem. Yeah. That's their own. Yeah, that's the other part that happens there. But the business as a whole, yeah, you're going to see disparity in terms of uh, uh, so, some inequality in terms of who has the advantages and the disadvantages. That's the way college football has always been. And so you would need a major different kind of overall. I don't think NIL suddenly is the new disparity in competition for college sports. Yeah, and there's a lot of change, but as you mentioned, a lot of them positive too. I mean, that's the thing yeah. where I think there's been a couple of years where it's like, oh, well, so-and-so should have played. Like this year, I think everyone was like, well, Ohio State and Georgia, that was the national champion. But it's like, well, Michigan beat Ohio State. So like, why did they just, because they didn't perform up against TCU, they didn't deserve a chance to, they weren't <laughs> one of the best teams like that. That doesn't make any sense. And there's all these years, like um, I remember there was one year, LSU, Ohio State, and I want to say it was Clemson or maybe it was Alabama. Either way, there was like three undefeated teams at the time. Right. And it's like, yeah, let's go to the old way where one of those 
teams gets left out. That doesn't make any sense. So I'm yeah. I'm totally with you, and I'm I'm really excited about that. It is kind of growing and expanding. And you know, Tony, another thing that's really kind of grown and expanded is as we've kind of talked about a lot. We talked about how Utah football has been on the rise these past few seasons. The in-state talent, and because of that, you mentioned Weber State a little bit earlier. I know you do a lot of work with them to play-by-play guy for their basket for their basketball teams and for the Big Sky Tur- Conference basketball tournament as well. But looking at Utah State, what they've been able to accomplish, we mentioned BYU as well. Not just high school football in the state of Utah is kind of underrated, but in general, the state of Utah, and yes, they took a little bit of a step back this year. Obviously, two years ago is when everything kind of like boomed, sure. and it was like, look how look how successful all these kind of teams were being and everything. But it really does feel like the state of football in Utah on the collegiate level is in a really good place. No, it certainly is. And BYU going to the Big 12 is great. And how they compete and contend with all of that is going to be interesting, especially with a couple programs leaving, right? Like, what is the conference actually going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, that, I think, is up there because BYU is a non-Power 5. They weren't a G5, but they were a non-Power 5 independent. And then you have a hand, you know, you, you got a group of G5 teams kind of coming in there. So it's not quite like what the Big 12 was before. I'm interested to see as a whole what that conference is going to be like. But Kalani... You know, what's weird is when he started there at BYU, I wasn't critical to how he played the P5s. I think he had like a four and four window, which was impressive when you looked at some of the disparity and resources that he was going up against. Yeah. But he had a seven and 11 stretch against the G5 where I said, no, 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 that that can't happen. Well, he flipped that and dominated that for a bit and then competed well against, you know, P5. So the, the big thing is, is you're not going to have these elite years all the time. Yep. I think that's what makes it impressive with what Utah's done. So, you know, uh, with Utah State, you know, the, the fabulous year two years ago, not so good last year. You look at Matt Wells and his history. Boy, he had, you know, a, a dark year there that wasn't good. A six and seven yep. climb back where they lost some close games and then they were 11 and two and he's off to Texas Tech. So, like you're, you're going to shuffle the deck enough times and get a variety of different results with different programs. But overall, it's not like we're looking at a two and 10 dumpster fire in Logan. And we're not looking at, you know, BYU screaming and yelling about how independence is keeping them from ever competing. And, you know, like there's some good things happening. It's all moving a positive direction. And then I like that we don't have to sell that. It, you know, it legitimately is. And I thought the coaching hires there, at BYU were really great, especially moving into something like the Big 12. And and obviously, like Utah's sustainability on just, just being yeah. what they are and who they are. Um, no, it's it's remarkable what's happened. Really is amazing to see. It's going to be fun to see how it all plays out. It's just unfortunate it's so far off, but we got a lot of time to talk about it and it makes it fun to break it all down. Tony, really appreciate you coming on with us. If you guys want to follow Tony on Twitter, make sure you guys head over and give him a follow at Tony Parks 801 And Tony, if people want to hear more of you, where's the many places they should be tuning in? Yeah, I'll be filling in on ESPN 700 quite a bit from here and there. Play-by-play with the Big Sky Conference, a lot of times on ESPN+. Uh, Enjoy calling the action with the NBA G League. uh, Play-by-play there with the Salt Lake City Stars. Um, There's a lot of fun stuff happening. During the high school football season, I love uh, being a part of the broadcast there with Dave and Alema and everything we do with KJAZ and KMYU and to kind of bring uh, the special stories and the insights on players who, you know, are are ready for the next level. And and for some kids that if it ends there, we we put a bright spotlight on them too. And I I love that. And then before you know it, man, I'll be back at the ballpark and we'll be doing fun things uh, at Smith's Ballpark for all the great fans out there when the weather gets good. So, you know me, man, year round, whatever sports going, I'm all over it and, and love to be a part of it. And last but not least, 49ers and the Eagles go with the under. And if it doesn't work out, 
uh, you can blame JT. So, uh, and then, and then uh, that's how we'll go from there. So love, love being a part of the show. And thanks for having me on, man. It was great, Tony. We appreciate locking you down. And as Tony mentioned, if you guys want to bet on that just one last time, don't forget to head over to FanDuel. Also, if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, make sure you guys check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Once again, big thanks to Tony Parks for joining us. We're going to have Joe Cravens, former Utah coach, on the pod tomorrow. Oh, yeah! Utah basketball. Someone, Tony, he knows very well <laughs> my guy i can't wait for it he always say you ever try to nail jello to a tree that's what it's like working with tony every day and i tell you he'll have all those fun things coming out so i look forward to that listen there are a couple of those similar lines i can i can tell you that already make sure you guys tune into that one tomorrow and once again thank you for making lockdown you to your first listen every single day